This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Oliver Kemp. Hello, hope you're okay on Tuesday, February 22nd. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, we'll have reaction to all COVID restrictions being scrapped and hear from the Gillingham boss ahead of a big game tonight. But first, our most read story today is that police and enforcement officers from the council have started dismantling a traveller site in Raynham. People living on the land, known as the Orchard on Lower Raynham Road, say they had no notice and were woken by fences being taken down. At Kent Online, you can see video of it happening, with residents questioning what they're supposed to do now. So where are we actually going to go again with, um, with five children? On the side of the road? Is that making us happy? Don't talk to no more of these people. No, seriously, we've got to go outside the road, don't we? We've got to just walk the road. The whole is getting moved. You're not going to come and rip it out here from the terms of the children. Oh, we understand all that. Yeah. Hang on, they've got doctors and hospital everything this week. There are seven plots of land at the site with static caravans and wooden day houses, as well as gardens and play areas for children, horses' stables and a paddock. Even though the land was bought by travellers in 2020, they were never given planning permission to live there. The families also discovered after moving in that there was a previous enforcement notice issued in 2017, preventing anyone from living there. Medway Council have issued this statement. Unfortunately, the occupants do not have planning permission to live on this site. We served an enforcement notice in 2017 which prevented residential occupation of this agricultural field. The occupants moved onto the site after the enforcement notice came into effect. We've provided them with copies of the enforcement notice and over the last 12 months have advised them of the consequences of occupying the site with the notice in effect. Several letters were hand-delivered to the occupants warning them that enforcement action would be taken if they didn't comply with the notice. There's been lots of reaction on socials, a lot of people saying they should be left alone, while others argue if they've broken the law, then they should be made to move on. The families have taken legal advice and hope to stop the eviction. Kent Online News. Posters have been put up around a Kent village as the search for a missing teenager continues. Ryan Hughes was last seen in Bull Lane in Eccles last Thursday night and was later spotted on CCTV in nearby Aylesford High Street. Specialist police divers and Kent Search and Rescue have been searching the River Medway for the 17-year-old. You can see a picture of Ryan and the CCTV at Kent Online. A power station in Medway is expected to remain offline indefinitely after damage caused by Storm Eunice. At Kent Online, you can see video of one of the chimneys collapsing on the Isle of Grain during strong winds on Friday. The site was evacuated and a full inspection now needs to be carried out. Thankfully, no one was injured. Meantime, nine people have been rescued from a business in Strood after it flooded when the River Medway burst its banks. Fire and rescue crews were called to Canal Street yesterday afternoon and used dry suits and an inflatable boat to bring them to safety. One person was treated for suspected hypothermia and passed into the care of paramedics. 
1,400 properties in Kent are still without power after strong winds caused by storms Eunice and Franklin. Next today, we've got reaction to news all COVID restrictions are going to be scrapped later this week. Yesterday, the Prime Minister announced details of a plan to live with the virus, including no longer having to self-isolate if you test positive. That comes into effect on Thursday, while free COVID testing will end in April. The move has been defended by the health secretary today and there's a warning from unions and charities that the change will cause uncertainty, anxiety and hardship. It's feared those who are most vulnerable will feel particularly concerned. Dr Julian Spinks is a GP in Strood and was on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night. It means that people are not going to be in their homes and avoiding going to work or whatever. I have to say that I hope that most people will still avoid going to places where they might spread it, but relying a lot on people to self-police, to make wise decisions. The numbers are dropping quite a lot um, at the moment, but they're still quite high. In Kent, it's about 500 cases per 100,000, which is quite significant. It's about half its peak, but also there's a caveat, which is uh, we think we're only identifying about one in four of the cases. So there's quite a lot of it around. And I think that the key bit here is learning to live with doesn't mean ignoring um, and taking no precautions against COVID. Um, Australians have learned to live with crocodiles. It doesn't mean they happily swim in crocodile infested waters because that's a silly thing to do. And what I'd like to see is far more clear guidance from the government of things that you should do and you shouldn't do rather than saying, oh, use your common sense because that, that actually is meaningless. As we've got through subsequent waves, the pattern of symptoms has changed. So the government was very slow and never really changed the original sort of cough and uh, fever and so on. Uh, they added loss of sense of smell, but actually people get sore throats, they get headaches, some of them get diarrhea and vomiting. And that is an incredibly difficult thing. So you can't really work out whether you have COVID or not based on symptoms. But I think that my experience certainly as a doctor is that most employers are really good, but there's a small number who insist that their staff struggle in unless they literally are unable to get out of bed. And I think we need to move away from that. That was getting more common pre-COVID. And if there's going to be a positive that comes out of this, it is uh, sort of uh, it being recognised that you don't bring people who are infectious into your workplace if you don't want to infect everybody else. Joining him on the programme was Professor Martin Michaelis, who's a virologist at the University of Kent. I like this idea that you give back control to the people and give them the chance to make responsible decision and take on some responsibility and accountability. That's a good thing. And it is true, we are over the Omicron peak as far as we can see. But I think what is missing, in my opinion, is this long-term planning. We always go in the same cycles. We had the first wave and we hadn't learned anything. Then we had the Alpha variant. It was over and we thought, no, it's over. And then we had Delta and we thought, oh, no, it's over. And now we have Omicron, it's over, and we behave as if COVID was over. And I don't think anyone really thinks that to who knows a little bit about viruses. It's quite a surprise that we don't seem to learn that it is coming back and back and back and that we have to be prepared for that. I naturally uh, would have waited a little bit longer. Um, it's almost as if we are trying to see whether we can enforce another peak. But I think uh, uh, with good messaging, good explanation what we should do what we could what we shouldn't do how we should behave i think people at the moment should be able to cope the bigger concern is what is happening afterwards what is happening when we have another wave nobody really doubts that that there will be more variants and future waves but when we cut back on everything when we don't have the surveillance that we used to have 
we will only learn about that when suddenly the hospitals fill up. You can still watch the show in full on our socials, where we've also been asking what you think about restrictions being scrapped. Janet Dale posted, My husband is extremely clinically vulnerable, therefore concerned, but will wait for the statistics in the coming months. In the meantime, stay safe as you can. While Kim Timothy said, Let people get on with their lives now. If people are still worried, they can take it in hand. There are people who cannot survive without earning money. Jim Lowe said, If you feel frightened, then still wear a mask, but I won't be doing it again. What has happened to the United Kingdom? People that are terrified now. While Stevie Sedge said, well, having next to no immune system, it's a problem, but don't really have a choice, I guess. Now, you haven't had to work from home for a while now, but companies in Kent are still being encouraged to have serious conversations about the future. Petra Venton is from Whitehead Monkton Solicitors in Maidstone, and she says some rules need to be put in place. So one thing that employers need to be thinking about now is, are they going to make a more permanent change to their working arrangements? So are they going to offer this hybrid working where employees work a little bit in the workplace and then at home um, to their employees on, on a more permanent basis? And that's something because in 2020, when the um, pandemic hit, this was all sort of rushed through and we all um, put our pyjamas on and sat in whatever corner of the house we could find a bit of peace and quiet. But if we're going to do this on a more permanent basis, obviously, there are lots of questions employers need to think about. If employers are going to move to offering hybrid working on a more permanent basis, they need to think about what's going to work for their business. Um, How often do they want the employees to be in the workplace? Um, If the employees aren't in the workplace, have they made sure that their employees have suitable space at home to work and that they'll actually be working at home? We've had clients call recently with um, employees want to work when they're on holiday abroad or all sorts of other things or in the cafe. And that obviously causes all sorts of issues in terms of confidentiality and other things. Um, And if employers are going to make this on a more permanent change, they might need to change the employees' contracts of employment. And they'll also need to have a look at what policies they've got in place and they may need changes to those. And so they might want to put in place, and I would recommend they did, a hybrid working policy which sets out what's expected of employees. That all sounds very, very reasonable from an employer's point of view for their staff. However, there could be some people sat at home are thinking, I'm quite happy sat here at home, but their employer wants them to be back full time. Can an employer force an employee to go back into an office full time? So if the employee's current place of work is the office in their contract of employment, which probably for most people it will be, um, then the employer can say, right now the restrictions have dropped. I'd like everybody to come back. But the employee, if they've been in their job for six months has the right to make a flexible working request so they can ask their employer if they could move to a hybrid option where they're in some of the time and um, at home some of the time. It's important to remember they don't have the right to insist that the employer um, allows them to work in that way, it's the right to request. But we think as most employees have been doing this quite successfully for the last two years, it's going to be much harder for employers to refuse that request. The Kent Online Podcast with Ballin Maidstone. The mum of a teenager who died after being hit by a car in Dover says she's angry a memorial has been painted over with no warning. 
13-year-old Maya Lawrence was knocked down crossing the A256 Whitfield Hill last October. A memorial has been created in a nearby underpass but has now been covered up. We've asked the local council for a comment. Cigarettes have been stolen from a shop in Five Oak Green during an early morning break-in. Two men carrying large yellow sacks are said to have targeted the building on Badsall Road just before 5am yesterday. Anyone living nearby with CCTV is being asked to check the footage. A Kent hospital has apologised to a cancer patient who's claimed they received a consultation about chemotherapy in a busy corridor. Deborah Payne says she was left feeling very emotional following the appointment at Dartford's Darrant Valley, which happened after a dedicated cancer unit was moved to Sidcup. The hospital chief's nurse said the pandemic has been a challenging time for cancer care and every effort is made to maintain confidentiality. A family's been left heartbroken after two young dogs were stolen from their back garden near Canterbury. Darlin and Darcy were taken from their home in Chillum in broad daylight last Thursday. Police are investigating. Now, there's a warning from food charities in Kent that the cost of living crisis has reduced the number of donations they're receiving, yet more and more people need their services. Rising energy bills and inflation are leaving many families struggling to make ends meet. Paula Yodel is one of them. She lives in Medway and says it's sometimes a challenge to feed her family. I've just struggled from day to day. And sometimes it hurts me because I want to feed my children, but I can't. I'm sorry, I don't mean to get emotional, but I can't sometimes feed my children. And that hurts. Let's hear now from Esther Herwood, who's the project manager of the Swale Trussell Trust Food Bank. Certainly we're seeing lots of people and we're hearing lots from very worried people. Um, some who don't normally use a food bank or have never used a food bank before, we've had lots of them recently. Feeling um, really ashamed and embarrassed about having to come to a food bank having no option because their, their energy bills have already gone up in advance of the April increase, which is about to happen. Before the pandemic, many of the people who came to us were either on zero-hour contracts, they were on benefits, um, they were low-income families full stop. And this pandemic has really brought people to our door who were, were none of those things. They are some of them are business owners who've lost their businesses or they're furloughed. We've also been finding out what it's like to live on a parcel from a food bank. You can read our special report at Kent Online. And there are plans to open a brewery and tap room in Medway. Six mates have set up Moot Brew and want to launch it at Court Farm in Upper Hauling. They want to convert a barn and allow visitors to see the brewing in action. They also want to supply pubs and bars in future. Kent Online Sport. Football and it's a must-win game for Gillingham tonight as they welcome AFC Wimbledon to Priestfield. It follows their 2-0 defeat to Plymouth Argyle at the weekend, which means they're still five points from safety in League One. Tonight's opposition are only just above the relegation zone. Jill's manager Neil Harris says we could see some different names on the team sheet later. Every game's big, isn't it, and vital and important when, when you're running out of fixtures. Uh, today, uh, Tuesday, w- w- will be a huge game. We know that. There's no point sugarcoating it. It's a, it's a massive game, and if we want to catch teams in front of us, then it's, it's a game where we have to put in a stronger performance than we did today. I think when we got a bit excited, I had a week to work with the players. I wasn't expecting to see Real Madrid today. Um, let's not get carried away. He had a week to recuperate as much as anything and, and prepare. Um, we've got what we've got, said it before, we are what we are to the end of the season. Um, because I'm calm at the moment, don't be fooled by me not hurting inside. I am. I'm angry. Um, um, players, no lack of effort, but we weren't good enough with the ball today, and I don't want to say any more than that. When we play against good sides in the league, 
um, they've got more strength and depth and, and maybe a little bit more quality than us. Mm. Um, what we've, we've done in the short term is, is galvanise the group and be really, really hard to beat, really organised, as we saw certainly in the first half. Um, and what I know is we lack at the top end of the pitch because we're missing players. Um, but we can't change that, so I'm not going to dwell on that. Again, it's my job to us to find ways to try and win games to get enough points to stay in the division. I've had some tough challenges um, going into management um, when I took over at Cardiff and, and we had, uh, sorry, at Millwall, and we let 19 players go in the summer. I took over in my first job and we built a promotion winning team. When I took over at Cardiff, we were 15th in the league and I think about 10 points off the playoffs and we came fifth and ne- nearly got oh, to Wembley. Yeah. Um, and today, when I, well, when I took over the club, we had 10 points from safety mm. and it's back to five. Mm. So we're making small gains. Um, and we can continue to make small gains, but then at certain times you have to make giant steps as well. And um, obviously it becomes a big game Tuesday. Kickoffs at 7.45. You'll be able to follow the match action at Kent Online. We'll have reaction to the result in bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM from 6 tomorrow morning and later in the podcast. That's all for today. Thank you ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus you can now get access to the new ad-free Kent Online premium site. Just head to kentonline.co.uk slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.